Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Three is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It is Wednesday. You're halfway home. The weekend is around the corner. And welcome in to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, certainly glad to be here with you today. It feels a little different for me to be in Studio B on campus when the Pelicans are on the road. I have a family commitment tonight, so I want to say thanks right off the bat to Joel Myers. He'll be calling the action tonight as the Pelicans jump back into preseason play as they take on the Washington Wizards at Jacksonville, Florida tonight. Six o'clock first pitch, as they say in baseball. Six o'clock tip-off, though. Uh, for us on the Pelicans Radio Network, we'll have full radio coverage again throughout the night, and we look forward to seeing how the Pelicans progress and wrap up this uh, first road trip, this three-game set that finds them currently at 1-1 one and one after the loss to Atlanta on Monday. David Wesley's going to stop by here and uh, talk to us a little bit about NBA in general and, of course, about the Pelicans' start to the preseason. That'll be a part of our basketball talk today. Otherwise, we've got some football on our minds. Even with the Saints off this weekend, that doesn't mean that you fantasy football players get to take the weekend off. Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com and Daniel Salerson get you ready as they do each and every Wednesday with regard to fantasy football. And that, of course, is because football weekends now kick off on Thursday night. So that'll be a part of our Black and Blue Report today. And then a very special visit by Saints punter Thomas Morstead. Thomas will be uh, checking in with us here on his day off. He's got a couple of them now with this this uh, weekend ahead. Thomas will be uh, helping us understand the first five weeks of the Saints season, the mindset of the football team here in the bye, and uh, in a very important way, wants to talk about an event this weekend that is to help raise money for some very good causes. The Saints are all gathering at Fulton Alley on Sunday night for the Black and Gold Bowl. And uh, there are a very limited amount of spots left for that event. Thomas Morstead stops by to tell us about it and how you can get in on that fun. I think that starts, and we'll ask Thomas this, I think 6 o'clock on Sunday night. So keep that in mind. So we'll have Thomas Morstead, Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com, and David Wesley too. 
Uh, tomorrow on the program, and I'll bring this up again uh, before we get out of here on this Wednesday, but Brian Dozier of the Minnesota Twins is going to be a special guest on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Uh, he's a huge Saints fan. I didn't even know this. Uh, but the uh, former Southern Miss uh, Golden Eagle will uh, be uh, by, and we'll talk about his uh, love for the Saints, uh, but also pick his brain about the Major League Baseball playoffs. We're down to the Final Four now. The ALCS and the NLCS is now set. There are some surprises in there. Both of the Los Angeles area teams are out. So what have we got left? Well, Cardinals and Giants on the National League side. And, oh, the team that everybody's fallen in love with, the Kansas City Royals, will take on the Baltimore Orioles. And all that action starts this weekend. So Brian Dozier will help us talk about that tomorrow. We've got a whole lot more planned for you. It'll be good stuff. But here on this Wednesday, we will fire things up here in just a moment uh, with uh, David Wesley. We'll start with David and go through a Wesley Wednesday. Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com and Thomas Morstead, too. Don't forget, Pelicans tonight on the radio at 6. We'll touch on that later in this uh, program as well. Back in a moment. The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans' five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, we've got football to talk a little bit later. Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com jumps in for his usual Wednesday visit to talk fantasy football with Daniel Salerson. A little bit later, Thomas Morstead stops by to not only uh, talk about the bye week, what's happened in the first five weeks of the season, but the big charity event going on this Sunday at Fulton Alley. More on that when Thomas jumps in. And it is, it is Wednesday, so that means uh, a Wesley Wednesday. And we start our guest list off today. Of course, at the top of the list is our own David Wesley. Good morning, David. Hey, back in the building. Wesley Wednesday, back That's full right. stride. That's right. I'm it, excited. Yep, it's like new edition, back together again, but maybe not all the pieces are all there. It, sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah, just don't be Bobby Brown on me, all no, right? I know Bobby don't try Brown. and go get your solo career. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I don't even know what he's doing now. So, yeah. no. Uh, there's your new addition reference uh, for the day. By the way, the Pelicans in action tonight, as we mentioned at the top of the show. They take on the Washington Wizards at Jacksonville tonight. Uh, Joel Myers is going to do the uh, call of that. I've got a commitment here in New Orleans, so uh, we're here in Studio B today. Uh, David, um, first of all, uh, when it comes to non-NBA arenas, um, are you a fan or not a fan of these off-site NBA exhibition games? Well, you know, like, like I said, I've said this before, preseason, necessary evil, sure. Uh, and in that, I, I do like playing in these off 
on-site arenas, you don't have all the amenities that you're used to, and you don't have, uh, you know, all the bells and whistles. But the fans, and the fans make this this game what it is. They make it fun. They make it exciting. And you get to see other markets, other places. Uh, they get to see you. Uh, teams that are fans that support you from afar get a chance to actually see you in person. I think that I think it's great. I, I like I said, I think it's too many games and um, it can be very tedious and you get tired of practicing and playing against your own guys and uh, you're ready to get to the season. But I like the uh, off, you know, um, out of your state off arena kind of thing where where other fans get a chance to watch. Now, during your playing career, was there ever one of these sites that you you and your teammates walked in and said, oh, oh, no way, no way, we cannot play here or on this floor or or what? Has there ever been that case? Um, It seems like there was um, a place where we played. I I, I can't remember exactly where, but – and this might even be a place where we went to practice. Uh, You know, sometimes when you get a floor that's kind of uh, older – you know, now the floors are so spongy and and they give a lot to protect your knees and back and joints and all that kind of stuff. For some reason, I remember playing somewhere where the, the floor was either sweating or hard. And that night, specifically, time was cut considerably short. You, I, you don't want to put us out there for too long. Uh, but for the most part, um, when they scout these places out or check out these places, they usually find a a pretty good situation, have it all set out uh, to where you have most of what you need to get a preseason game. Maybe the one you're referring to, and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what year this was and if you were a part of the Charlotte Hornets at the time, but uh, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed to say that my alma mater, Southern Illinois University, used to have an old floor in that arena, and it, was, it looked like two-by-fours on end. And... The Hornets came to play a preseason game there one year, and they took a look at that floor, which was harder than the parking lot, and nobody played. Nobody of any significance played in the game because they were worried about the floor. Um, and I'm trying to think if you were a part of that particular Charlotte Hornets team. Well, I, I want to say um, Bobby, uh, if Bobby Fields was on the team and we came the same year, yeah. a lot of times those preseason games have – something to do with either a high draft pick or an important signing or, or, or something like that. And sometimes you'll go to, like going to Louisville, you'll go to those places. You, you, you know, Kentucky was a year ago or two years ago. So sometimes you go to those places. So it's very possible that we did play. I can't remember. You know, preseason games don't stick out a whole lot. I think, I've, I think, one, I think we played in um, the Carrier Dome one year. That was kind of neat because playing at Baylor, we never got up north like that. So it was good to see those those kind of places, you know, in person. Pelicans won't have those problems at Jacksonville tonight. We we saw them play a preseason game there last year. It went very well. Uh, they'll play Washington there tonight, and they'll go in with a record of 1-1. One and, one. and not that records mean a whole lot, but uh, this will be the third game uh, now in the preseason for the Pelicans. It'll wrap up the road trip. And, David, I'm getting the impression from Monty Williams that this – this question mark at the small forward position is going to take a while to be answered. Darius Miller has played the first two games as the starter at that position. He may get one more before Monty Williams wants to try some other things. But, you know, um, 
I'm not so sure that Darius has fully accounted for himself in this chance yet. I don't think that there's reason to write that scenario off just yet, but um, certainly that's one of the things that I think the coach is looking at. Well, you know, I the one thing preseason does is allow opportunity, uh, opportunity that you may not get in the regular season. Uh, and Darius Miller, you know, has been at this. Uh, you know, this is his third season. He hasn't got a whole lot of time. He's fought some injuries, and when he comes back from injury, hasn't really got a, a you know a ton of time of playing. But you put in the time in the summer, and then you put it out there. And uh, I would like to see from what I've seen of Darius the last two years, is him to be a little more aggressive, take a few more shots, uh, get himself more involved uh, in the flow of the game. And a lot of times guys are out there trying to play so perfect, try to play so, um, uh, you know, what the coach wants that you don't play. You're out there not making mistakes, but you're not taking any chances. You're not, you know, you can't make any points if you don't shoot the basketball, and sometimes because you don't want to miss, you don't shoot it. So you go out there, you play seven minutes, you got zero points, zero shots, uh, a couple of rebounds, maybe a steal, and, and you feel like, well, I didn't play bad, but you're, you're not really putting yourself in that position to – you're not really putting yourself in that position to, to take those minutes or take that position and – the small forward spot is wide open for anybody to take if they want it. And uh, I'd like to see Darius Miller step his game up and, and, and grab it. Would it surprise you if I told you that uh, the chemistry between Jimmer Fredette and Austin Rivers when they're together in the backcourt has been something very interesting to watch in the first two games? I, you know, not 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 surprising. Um, I, I saw, um, and again, I'm, I'm following stats, not really watching the game, so yeah. – I don't know exactly how they're playing. I did see Jimmer uh, played well, I want to say, in the first game. I think he had 17. Yep. Um, uh, and, and that doesn't surprise me. You know, Jimmer's getting a, a new lease, a new team, a new system that can kind of spark, if you will, kind of your play a little bit. Austin Rivers, he's a driver, Jimmer, a shooter, good combination. Uh can Jimmer defend his position? Uh, I haven't really seen him in person. I know that he's probably struggled some uh, in that in the past, but um, Austin's proven that he can defend. Um, um, so on offense, him driving, Jimmer shooting, uh, I can see that that being a good combination. No doubt, no doubt. That's 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 been a fun thing to watch. Uh, David, I will share with you also that uh, it has not taken long to see the value of Omar Ashik and how he has looked alongside Anthony Davis. Um, Ashik has not been a scoring threat, to say the least, although he's finished some plays and gotten to the free-throw line. Uh, but his, his defense of the rim and his ability to rebound in a crowd has been very encouraging uh, based on what we've seen the last couple of years of that position for the Pelicans. And so that's already paying dividends. But uh, I think you'll agree probably that the one thing that Coach hasn't been happy with in the first two games is giving up a 34 spot to the Hawks in the first quarter the other night, that can't happen during the regular season. Well, you, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a tough combination to, to have both, a running team and a defending team. If you run, you're probably not going to defend as well as someone like a Coach Monty Williams would want. Um, if, you, if, if you defend, you're not going to have as high-scoring games, which the fans want. 
So you have these horses, you want them to run, but you want them to, to defend. That's his, you know, that, that, that's what Monty Williams wants to do. And um, giving up 34 to the Atlanta Hawks is probably eating him up. Um, but, again, it is preseason. You are looking at different combinations. Again, how did they get those 34? Um, they haven't scored 100 in either preseason game. What, what are they trying to run? Are they controlled running? Um, you know, is it quality possessions as opposed to quantity uh, where they're getting up, just shooting everything? Are they, you know, getting them down if they have a chance run? And that's more Monty's system. If you have a chance run, if you don't, we're going to run our, run our offense. Uh, and sometimes that will slow down the game. Uh, what, if, what if you like? Who is, who is standing out? I know you've mentioned uh, Ashik, who's shown his def- defense. Uh, haven't heard much from Anthony. Is he playing a lot? Is he, is he, is he being held out? He was limited in the first game, uh, but did enough to say, okay, Anthony's ready to go, and then played more in the uh, second game. At Atlanta, uh, we saw him in the second quarter for the first time, and as, as a matter of fact, Anthony also played a little bit in the second half, just in the third quarter there. But, David, there's no question that he's game-ready right now and that the FIBA World Cup experience um, has got him, gotten him to this position but also is probably the primary reason why he is limited at the moment. Um, and we talked about Austin a little bit. It looks like the work he put in over the summer uh, just may pay off, and there's more value there. Uh, the one guy that I think is still trying to ease back into this thing is Drew Holiday. He's looked uh, incrementally better each time he gets a shift on the floor, but I think that's still a ways away. And uh, Ryan Anderson, I think, missed his first three threes uh, at Louisville the other night, and then since is shooting like he never left the gym back in January. So that's encouraging, too. How's Russ looking? You know, uh, reckless at times. um, Right. But that's what they like. I think that's part of his game. I think that that's going to serve him well. And, by the way, he can defend the snot out of it. And um, if he could turn that speed uh, that I've seen the first two games, David, from maybe a little less reckless into more um, in the framework of the offense, if you will, um, uh-huh. he'll be hard to bottle up. He's he's probably he's probably stuck, David, in a little bit because of the depth of guard on this team mm-hmm. that he may not he may not get the playing time that some folks may want when they see the flashes from him here in this first season. But I think that if you go back and look at the draft night trade and remember that it was Pierre Jackson that uh, the Pelicans gave up to get Russ Smith, I think at the end of the day, Pelicans fans are going to love that deal and say that probably New Orleans got the better end of that situation. you know. But that I think that you're going to enjoy watching him play in small spurts, and I think you're going to tear your hair out sometimes. Um at some of the things that he's going to do. So, well, that's the thing that yeah. rookies have to really worry about or contend with is when you're that quick and you move that fast and you get on this level, you think you got to use it all. And the thing young players have to learn is when to use it, how to control it, not get going too fast, and, uh, and find that pace of play that works for them with their speed and quickness. No doubt. Hey, we've got to wrap things up real quick. I do want to ask you one quick question, though. Okay. And that's this. Um, whether it be as a former player or now as a television analyst in the NBA, um, give me your knee-jerk reaction when you heard that there was a 
24-plus billion-dollar television deal signed for the NBA and what that's going to mean for everyone down the road? I, I think it's absolutely awesome. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where the game just keeps getting bigger, better. Um, guys making more money. Uh, you know, the, your careers are short in this, in this league, and it, it's nice when you can come out of this league save, saving some of your money, set yourself up for the rest of your life, because by the time you're done, you have a ton of life left. You're 30, 31, 32, 36. Uh, if you're lucky, you'll be 40, but still a lot of life left and it gives you an opportunity. Contracts are bigger. I don't hate on, I don't hate on the guys making the big money now for maybe less ability. I think great, more opportunity for guys to make a living and enjoy the game they play. Will the league now expand a team or two? I think, I, I think at least a team. I think Seattle, they want to put uh, give Seattle a team back. Um, so at least a team, um, maybe two. Um, I I think it shouldn't uh, because I think it's starting to walk. I mean, not starting to. I've felt this for years. How the league is starting to, you know, you look back in, you know, the '60s and the '70s where there's 10, 12 teams. That that was the cream of the crop. Now you have 30 teams, a little less, you know, guys in ability and, and coming out of college, the game is, is starting to get kind of, um, you know, where, where they're teaching guys because they're so young and the product on the floor is guys learning for the first four years. So um, it's a little tough. I, I really think the league should stay at 30 and let this go for a little bit. All right, fair enough. Uh, David, the music's already playing, which means we're probably way over time. So I will oh, bid you a <laughs> Yes. Uh, next week on Wesley Wednesday, we'll have a home game already in the book, and uh, the Pelicans will have played on that Tuesday night. So we'll talk about that and the homestand as well next week. Uh, thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. Yep, you do the same. All right, David Wesley with us, the analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans on the Pelicans television side of things. Again, the Pelicans in action tonight, 6 o'clock tip-off on the Pelicans Radio Network. Fantasy football still to come. Thomas Morstead, too, right after this. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bossierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. 
But last week I went 0-3 with my fantasy team, so that means I need some more advice heading into this week. And to help me out with that, as always, on Wednesdays is Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com as part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, how's it going today? I'm doing good. I did a little bit better than you, but I was only about 50% winning, mostly because of Rashad Jennings and about 90% of my week. I'll get to Rashad Jennings in just a little bit, and yes, 50% is better than 0%, so I hear you there. Um, for, I first want to start with the Saints. They do have a bye week, but um, for Saints fans and uh, for people who have Jimmy Graham and uh, need a tight end to pick up, who should they consider picking up on the waiver wire? There's actually quite a bit of options, especially if you're playing on the NFL.com leagues. I was surprised at some of the ownership percentages out there. Uh, two of the quick names that came to mind – Owen Daniels and Heath Miller, both of them are available in nearly 80% of leagues, which is surprising, especially with Heath Miller being a more consistent option over the past couple of years at the tight end position. Owen Daniels has stepped up nicely in Pitta's place. And even getting the yardage, you know, a lot of people thought that he'd be mostly a red zone threat, but he's been getting the yardage too. So that's that's nice, and he gets the bucks this week, which is always good matchup-wise. And then... Probably a lot of people dropped Jordan Reed because of the injury concerns, but it looks like he's going to play this week. Obviously, you want to make sure of that. But if he plays, he has a ton of upside. And then if you're going a little bit deeper, Dwayne Allen, available in about 70% of the NFL.com leagues. I hate relying on touchdowns because without it, he's sharing a lot of his production with Kobe Fleener, and I would take all those other tight ends I mentioned so far over him. But he's been a huge red zone threat for Andrew Luck. So, there are plenty of options out there to be found. Uh, I mean, we just named four or five right there, so you can definitely find some players to fill in for Jimmy Graham just for one week. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Rashad Jennings at the beginning of the segment here. He's out for a few weeks. Monty Ball's also out for a few weeks for Denver. Who are some replacement options for those two, even on those two teams, the Giants and the Broncos? Well, that's where you can look first, and you can also look to San Diego for another option. Uh, at the top of the list would be Andre Williams for the Giants, and then Brandon Oliver for the Chargers. If you're looking for just a two-week fill-in, I'm leaning a little bit towards Andre Williams over Brandon Oliver because I think that the Giants have two nice matchups here with the Eagles and the Cowboys on tap. Andre Williams has shown that he's a very good north-south runner. Uh, not not going to be used too much in the passing game. That's something that's been a concern for his career all the way into college. But he's going to get enough touches, and they're going to go to him in the red zone, which the Giants offense has really started to click over the last three weeks. So he has a lot of upside, and I like Brandon Oliver quite a bit, especially with the matchup with the Raiders on tap. However, there's only the concern of the fact that the reason he's getting compared to Darren Sproles is not just because of the number, but he's very similar to him. And I only have concerns of him carrying the ball 20-plus times a game. I don't know if he's built for that at the NFL level, just like Sproles is it really meant to be used that way? So even though it looks like Donald Brown has issues and we're not sure what the situation is there, I just don't know that they can rely on Oliver 20-plus times. So if they're up big with a lead or they're going to run heavy uh, and not using as much of the pass game with Oliver, I just don't know that his touches are guaranteed. And then over in Denver, I keep telling everybody this, for everybody out there looking at the waiver wire, whether you're using a free agent auction budget or a waiver wire priority, Hillman would be my first choice, but don't blow your budget and don't use your number one spot if you do have the rolling list on Ronnie Hillman because we don't know. I, I could speculate. You could, everybody out there expert-wise could speculate on what the Broncos are going to do, but we're not going to know until Sunday. Hillman looks like the first choice, but C.J. Anderson could get in the mix. Juwan Thompson could get in the mix. So I'll go after Hillman, but I won't do it a lot, and I'll throw a few bucks on Anderson or maybe even Thompson and 
if I get one of them, you know, it's almost kind of like poker pot odds of, you know, it's more worth it to you because it might hit and you might come up big, but if not, you didn't spend too much at the risk of spending a ton Hillman and then they do go with Anderson. So you can go after one of them. I, I just want to blow your entire budget on one of those guys. We're talking with Jake Seeley, senior writer for RotoExperts.com here as part of the Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, should Calvin Johnson owners be concerned at this point? I think you have to be a little bit if they don't rest them. It sounds like they're finally going to give him a week off this week. Uh, if not, that's what I said last week, and everybody called me crazy for it. I said if Calvin Johnson doesn't practice on Friday and he's listed that questionable, I'm benching him. And I actually benched him in both the leagues. I owned him, and I ended up winning, fortunately, because – they use him as a decoy. It's, it's not just this one game before that that we saw. This is actually now a three-year thing where that's what the Lions do. If Calvin Johnson is not 100%, they just decoy him out there. And it's tough to bench somebody like Calvin Johnson. But that's where I'm going to go with it in the fact of why you should be a little bit concerned because even if he does sit out this week, it's very hard to do what I suggest. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do what I did and bench Calvin Johnson. If you have Calvin and he's playing on Sunday – you pretty much have to start him unless you have just crazy wide receiver depth and did really good because of what he can do while he's out there. Similar to Brandon Marshall at the beginning of the season when everybody was concerned about him and he goes out there and has a huge game. Uh, so you gotta, you're almost forced to play him even if he's not 100%, which forces you into a situation which you really don't want as a fantasy owner. So if somebody's still willing to give me wide receiver one value for him, and I'm talking probably top five because he is Calvin Johnson. He is the best wide receiver by a big gap over anybody else. I'll take that in a trade just because I, I don't want to really deal with that situation for the rest of the year, especially if you're two and three or one and four and you need to win now. So if they hold him out this week, I feel a little bit better, but I'd still be trying to see if maybe I can't work a deal and get some help at another position too. Are there any better options as far as Lions are concerned? So you want to pick up someone from the Lions? Is there anyone from there? And if not, give me a couple wide receivers that uh, fantasy owners can go after. I, I don't think so with the Lions just because there's a lot of inconsistency there. So And there's a big question of who they're going to roll out there. They're, they still haven't made it clear. You think that Golden Tate's going to step up. But I'm actually concerned about Golden Tate if you're an owner and they use him out wide because he does a lot better in the slot, and this matchup is really good from the slot. So if they start pushing him out wide, I'm not so sure that his numbers might not drop because of defensive attention. So looking elsewhere at wide receiver, Justin Hunter and Odo Beckham, two rookies that finally broke through. Well, Odo Beckham because he had his first game of the season, but Hunter had that huge play, shows the kind of upside he has, and I think his value goes up even further if the Titans turn to Mettenberger because he's a great downfield thrower. I think that only helps Hunter, so I'll be looking to grab him at this point. And then Beckham, granted the Giants are running a three-wide base for probably the entire season at this point, especially now that Beckham's back. So there will be inconsistency week to week, just like we saw with the Packers when you had the Jones, Jennings, and Nelson out there. But looking at Beckham for what we saw already, there's a lot of potential to be had there. So those two, and then James Jones coming off the bye. I just mentioned him from when he was with the Packers. He's been the most consistent option for the Raiders, and they need somebody to throw to. So all three of those I think could fill in this week, maybe if you are a Calvin owner or if you have other issues like Brandon Marshall might not play again. All right, real quick, I know you've given us some options for tight end, Rashad Jennings, Monty Ball, Calvin Johnson. Any other guys worth noting that we should pick up, whether it's a QB, a tight end, or defense, anyone else we should know about on the waiver wire? Uh, if you're looking at defense and you're looking for one for this week, I think the Ravens are playing a lot better and a great matchup for them this week. A lot of people are looking at the Titans because they're getting Jacksonville. 
But I, I have concerns about, you know, don't play that, overplay that hand too much. We saw it last year at times where everybody was trying to get the matchup with Jacksonville, and Jacksonville had a few good games thrown out there, and this is one of those games where Boyles could put things together, especially with the team starting to come together a little bit more. Granted, they have questions at running back, but I'm just not going to always bank on a defense, even if it's the middle of the road one like the Titans, just because of the matchup. So I would actually go towards somebody like the Ravens instead. And then at quarterback, I think it's time that if you need help, Brian Hoyer has been playing really good, and he was pretty good last year before he got hurt, and he's showing nice rapport with the receivers and everybody out there. And Jordan Cameron still hasn't had 100% of his production that we can see from him. So if you need quarterback help, don't, don't dismiss Brian Hoyer. He's been good. Good stuff. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. You can catch him every Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report on our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, as always, thanks for the time and good luck with your teams this week. You as well. Thanks. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing, it's good, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, normally on a Wednesday, this is probably one of our busiest days of the week with regard to the Saints. You know, you've got the team back on the practice field. You've got players meeting with the media, coach meeting with the media, the whole nine yards. And the Saints usually have a very long Wednesday. But uh, during the bye week, uh, this Wednesday is a lot different. And so, therefore, different for Saints punter Thomas Morstead, who joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Good morning, Thomas. Morning. You didn't think you were going to get away without seeing me on a Wednesday, did you? Come on. I tried. I tried my best. What does the bye week uh, mean for you? And, and is there, you know, the bye weeks in the past, is there something special that you like to do? Is there anything that you can do to kind of clear your head a little bit? Well, this is my first year having a uh, having a uh, baby boy at home. So um, this is the first year where we're not really going out of town to see any family. We're just going to hang out and not set any alarms and, and – uh, just kind of decompress and, and hang out as a family. That'll do you a lot of good, won't it? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I've uh, already had a good couple of days, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. Now, has Mama been good to you as she said that you have a big honeydew list, or is she going to let you take a little time here? Uh, you know what? I, I'm probably the one that's kind of created my own my own list of things that I need to catch up on, but she's been awesome, and, and uh, you know, she's just excited to – kind of have me all to herself this week so are you in a better mood because the team wins going into the bye week no question about it um that was a huge win for the direction of our season and um you know 
it always seems like the bye week comes at a at the perfect time every year. Uh, we happen to have some guys banged up, and we just need to get healthy as a team. And hopefully, everybody gets away and and um, has a chance to decompress and and uh, come back refreshed and ready to go on a, hopefully a, a nice run of wins the rest of the season and get in the playoffs and see what happens. Yeah, and I think you got some momentum going here, don't you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's tough to win in this league, and, and I think if you ask any of my teammates or coaches, we, we really haven't played our best football yet, uh, and uh, we're sitting at 2-3, and three, a game out of the division lead, so um, for, for not playing our best and not kind of playing up to expectations, uh, our own es- expectations that I think we feel fortunate to be in the position we are, and um, like I said, it's just it's, it'll be nice to get a week of uh, relaxation and come back fresh for the for the rest of the season. Thomas, speak for the team, if you will. Share with us perhaps the level of frustration or whatever that emotion was just after the Dallas game and where it stands now at two and three in the bye week. Well, look, every game takes on a life of its own. Um, but to be honest, that you know, personally for me, that was an embarrassing loss for us. Um, you know. I think we pride ourselves on playing well, uh, no matter if we're at home or, or on the road. And and that, that game was never never close. And um, I think a lot of people felt embarrassed on the team about just the way we collectively put ourselves out there. And uh, to come back home and uh, and like I said, to still not play our best football, but to hang in there, come back from a double digit deficit uh, in the second half and and win a game in overtime. Uh, I think was big for our team, and uh, and uh, hopefully moving forward we'll be able to draw on that the rest of the season. And then after the overtime win against Tampa Bay, is 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 that a sense of because of what you just said? Is that a sense of relief, or is it a sense of we're okay, or pride? What what what's the what's the swing there? You know, I I don't know if there was relief. It was just um, it was just pure excitement. You know, it's like a it's like a walk off field goal. We scored a touchdown. Broke broke. Uh, Kyrie broke some tackles on his way into the end zone, and and you you just hoping, but you don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden he's in, and the game's over. So uh, it was just really exciting to run on the field and celebrate with the teammates, and and uh, and um, you know hopefully hopefully we can just start to get our confidence and and swagger going all all in the same direction. And uh, you know it, it's just like I said, it's a it's a it was a big direction for us one way or the other to go into the bye week because one and four doesn't look very good for your playoff chances. And like I said, you can look at the positive sides of things and we're only one game out of the division lead and uh, we're getting some rest and hopefully we'll get guys healthy for the, for the uh, rest of the way. Thomas Morstead with us here on the black and blue report. All right, Thomas. So the team comes back on Sunday. There's a coin flip for overtime. The coin flip goes your way. You guys get the ball. Take me through what goes through your brain <laughs> going into that drive, knowing um, that possibly you'll have to go back on that field, but yet probably in your role, maybe you don't want to. I mean, how does that play out for you as a kicker, you and Shane both, throughout that overtime period? Sure. Well, I can't speak for Shane, but um, but for me, I'm just business as usual. I kind of have a routine on every first down. I have a a routine on every second down and a routine on every third down. And if, if we get a first down, I, I start that back over. And uh, I just kind of stay in my my routine no matter what um, and be ready if called upon. And 
once we get into field goal range, uh, I kind of let Shane take over the the kicking net and get his work in mentally, whatever he needs to do uh, to be ready when called upon. But, you know, I think if you'd asked us going into that overtime, if neither of us had to kick, uh, we'd be perfectly fine with that, uh, with scoring a touchdown and, and walking off as a winner. What's the routine? Uh, this is curious. What's the routine? First down, second down? Take me through it. Yeah, so so when we get a first down, I get a, uh, a snap from my long snapper, Justin Drescher, and then on uh, and then I hit a punt into the net. And then on second down, he normally wants another snap. And then on third down, I'm I'm getting ready to punt into the net right before I go onto the field. And if we were to have go from a first down to a second down, and then go back to a first down, I would just restart on that first down, our our normal routine. And if we get three first downs in a row without going to second down it's just kind of starting that routine over again so um it kind of takes the thinking out of it for me and lets me just get into a routine uh because um at the end of the day i know how to punt and he knows how to snap and a big part of being a, a consistent specialist in this league is is just kind of if you can take your mind out of it you'll you'll just do what you've practiced over and over and over again so i try and kind of it's pretty monotonous, but I but I enjoy it and uh, and it served me well. Who taught you? Did you teach yourself that routine, or is that somebody else showing yep, you the yep. way? Yeah, I just kind of came up came up with that routine on my own, and that was just through. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, having Justin Drescher here for now, this is his fifth year. Uh, we've really developed a really good chemistry together, um, just as far as what each other needs on the field uh, during the game, during warmups, all that stuff. So. Uh, something I don't take for granted, just having that that sort of uh, you know synergy together uh, has been really good for us. In the in the hours in a week during the fall, who do you spend more time with, long snapper D- Justin Drescher or your wife? Um, <laughs> the fact that I'm having to think about that tells me it's uh, <laughs> somewhat somewhat even. So I'm I'm really not sure. Uh, like to think I spend more time with my wife, uh, but but I'd have to do the math on that. Yeah, I don't think you want to do the math on that. Um, yeah. If I had to do <laughs> I the may same, get with, myself in trouble. Yes, yeah, so if I had to do the same with John DeShazer, I don't think that would probably go over very well at home. So I think I'll right, leave that right. as a vague principle. Um, this weekend, no football game, but you are going to be busy. You've got a big event coming up over there at Fulton Alley. I think it's you and Pierre Thomas, isn't it, Tom, uh, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're kind of co-hosting a uh, charity event for, that's benefiting both of our foundations. And um, it's uh, we've already sold out all of the bowling teams that will be bowling with uh, our teammates. And uh, we have about 30 tickets left to sell for the watching party. It's all food and drinks uh, included in that package, and all the proceeds go to our foundations. Um, and uh, the, for the tickets for the watching party is basically like your – um, you're going to be hanging out with all all of my other teammates that aren't bowling, and uh, having a good time heckling, watching us compete, and uh, we'll have some good prizes for best, worst bowler, worst form. You know, some good uh, some good fun to rip some guys. But it'll get real competitive if I know my teammates. What time is the black and gold bowl on Sunday? It's at six o'clock at Fulton Alley, and uh, it goes till about ten o'clock at night, and uh, it'll be a blast. And uh, you can go to blackandgoldbowl.com to get tickets. And like I said, there's only about 30 left. So if you're interested, uh, 
act now. Yeah, it'll be a great time, that's for sure. Um, Why bowling? You guys could do golf. You could do a lot of things. Why bowling, Thomas? Well, it's something that's going to be pretty easy on the guys as far as, you know, trying to get my teammates to do something interactive and, and, and with, uh, with the fans. So that's something that won't be hard on guys' bodies and won't be a, a long day out in the sun. And uh, the, uh, the Fulton Alley, if you haven't been there, is, uh, it's a pretty sweet setup. So I think uh, I was looking for something that not only the fans would enjoy, but my teammates would, would look forward to doing and participating in. So. Uh, and and I, I'll be I'll be uh, curious that well you wouldn't kick a bowling ball right Thomas I mean really no absolutely not that'll be uh, that'd be the first way to get myself on that injured reserve list. What is the strangest thing you've ever kicked? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, you know I I would say. Um, Man, I'm, I'm not, I have no idea. I really don't kick anything other than football. <laughs> this is good. I just so, I had heard other I players I guess I'd say, have to go back to maybe uh, it's not a strange thing to kick, but I used to do a little uh, kickball league back in college. So. Oh, that's fair. That's yeah. real fair. Did you just hit a home run every time? No, I didn't actually. I didn't. There's, there's strategy. Those balls only go so far. They're they're not like football. They don't compress that well, or, or they almost compress too good, and they don't really shoot off your foot as good as you think. So uh, it's more about strategy and all that. My, my wife's actually in a kickball league with some of the other wives and girlfriends on the team, and and uh, they're they're learning all the strategy behind the game now. So who knew? I had no idea. I hadn't played kickball yeah. probably since high school or whatever, but uh, I didn't know there was strategy involved. So oh yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. He's one of the best punters in the NFL. That's Thomas Morstead of the New Orleans Saints. Again, the Black and Gold Bowl is uh, Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, there is a website. It is, uh, what is it? It's blackandgoldbowl.com? Blackandgoldbowl.com. Perfect. Only 30 tickets left for the big party on Sunday. Uh, the foundations, real quick before I let you go, Thomas, who are we, uh, who are we helping out this weekend? So Pierre Thomas' foundation is called the ICANN Foundation, and they are, uh, they are focused on on children and dealing with uh, obesity and, and getting kids healthy. And then um, <clears throat> my foundation is called What You Give Will Grow. And uh, we are basically more regionally restricted to where we raise money for children, uh, children's charities and cancer initiatives in and around the New Orleans area. So, Great stuff. I always enjoy our conversations. I appreciate you coming on this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoy the time off. Enjoy that baby, okay? All right, we'll do. All right, we'll see you this weekend. That's Thomas Morstead right. with us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll be right back. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride. Unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Stay up to date on the latest breaking New Orleans Saints news by downloading the team's official app presented by Verizon. Check out the 2014 schedule, league standings, and statistics. Plus, have access to watch live press conferences with Coach John Payton and players while reliving your favorite Saints moments. The Saints app makes the perfect game day companion. 
with a detailed map of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, highlighting the facility's amenities. The free New Orleans Saints app presented by Verizon is available to download on iTunes and Google Play. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow here on the Black and Blue Report, as we mentioned, Brian Dozier from the Minnesota Twins to help us with the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs and uh, to talk about his relationship with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Dozier coming off a pretty good season for the Twins and has the local tie of playing his college ball up at Hattiesburg there at Southern Miss. We'll also talk about the Pelicans game tomorrow. The Pelicans play tonight against the Wizards at Jacksonville. Uh, Joel Myers will have the play-by-play on the Pelicans radio network. Uh, in New Orleans, the game is on 105.3 WWL-FM tonight, and that broadcast starts at 6 o'clock. We'll get you some reaction to uh, how things uh, went go uh, tonight on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Did I get all that out right? Yes, I did. Speaking of the Pelicans, by the way, happy birthday to head coach Monty Williams. I won't reveal coach's age. Um, he's just ahead of me. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but he celebrates a birthday today, so hopefully he has a happy birthday with the guys over in Jacksonville. Uh, later in the week, we'll uh, hear more from head coach Monty Williams on the Black and Blue Report, but tomorrow night, coach is a part of the uh, Monty Williams radio show. That's every Thursday unless the Pelicans are playing. I think that's probably the best way to keep track of it. If the Pelicans are not playing on a Thursday, we'll probably have a Monty Williams show for you at 8 Central on uh, WWL-FM. Again, that's 105.3. On the dial. Hey, thanks to David Wesley today for stopping by. Also, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. I love the stuff he's doing with Daniel Salerson. And Thomas Morstead, too. Uh, don't forget to uh, perhaps uh, check in on the Black and Gold Bowl on Sunday night at Fulton Allen. Great cause. Great way to spend the uh, bye weekend here for the New Orleans Saints. That'll do it for us from Studio B on this Wednesday. Have a great rest of the day. Uh, hopefully the fall weather comes back at some point. Try and stay cool out of the humidity. It's nasty out there today, um, but uh, I'm sure it's on the way because if the love bugs are any indication of how things are going here in New Orleans, cooler weather is right around the corner. Right around the corner for us is basketball tonight. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.